Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. You are listening to Season 2, Episode... Uh, numbers! Jeremy is very excited because he's about to go to a concert. Yes! Who, hands up, who remembers concerts? What are those? Yeah, we're like seven hours away. I'm very excited right uh-huh. now. I don't even... Honestly, I don't even know the person I'm going to see. It's some DJ. I'm not really into EDM, but my friend said, I have a ticket. Do you want to go? And I said, hell yeah! It's the attraction of going back to any kind of live event i saw um live nation who are probably the biggest concert promoter in the world now gigs are somewhat back they're doing like it's almost i think like some sort of lucky dip thing where i think they're so desperate to sell tickets and just go like hey you can go to shows again that that uh, rather than paying for like individually normally what would have been overpriced shows they're going give us 20 bucks and we'll give you tickets to like four of these events and they list like 15 and I think you get four like a lucky dip kind of thing see I need that because I now have a concert queue in my note in my phone notes that is way too long I mean I have this one tonight I then next weekend my favorite rap group of all time Atmosphere is going to be here with Cypress Hill gotta go to that Mm. in October Dead and Company are going to be here have to go to that there are so many upcoming shows there's shows that are like on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday nights I have to wake up for work at 5 in the morning I'm like screw that I'm going yeah I was uh, looking at some uh, footage on social media from Lollapalooza that kicked off yesterday in Chicago and even me not being a particularly big fan of festivals because I'm a snob and I like comfort. I was kind of going, oh, this looks pretty good. Like All Time Low performing there, that looks pretty... It actually made me think, All Time Low are coming here to Dallas very soon. It's going to be indoor near my house. I can pee before and after in my own in my, in my own bathroom. I'll <laughs> go see that. Like It didn't make me think, I wish I was at All Time Low at the Lollapalooza because of porta potties but it did make me think I, I would actually like to go see All Time Low in a more comfortable setting in a few weeks' time. When you see the clips of it, and it's not like old clips where you're like, oh my God, people actually gathered for a live event yesterday. It kind of makes you feel like you're missing out on something. Yeah, the one thing I'm afraid of is like, you know, because a lot, like me, it's going to probably be a lot of people's first concert that they've been to in well over a year. So, you know, the crazies are going to be out and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to be one of them. I'm going to be spreading Delta all over these O's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you believe certain people, you would be of the uh, school of thought of, well, I'm going to get as many gigs in in the next couple of weeks because then after that, everything's going to exactly. go back to how it was six months we might, ago. We might be closed so. down. All right, well, I'm. Uh, well, see, when you told me you were going to go to a gig tonight, I was, the last thing I saw was that Ingvi J. Malmsteen was playing at Trees up, <laughs> up the road. And I was like, that is the, not what I'm going to see. For those of you who don't know, I like, can look it up. Hold o- on. Overblown 80s guitarist who's even so ridiculously full on 80s metal that even I wouldn't go see him. And like to go see him means like walking 15 minutes 
minutes up the road from where I live. So I was like, Jeremy's going to go to Yngwie J. Malmsteen, not quiet. No, but instead I'm going to switch up what I was doing tonight and I'm going to King Crimson. They're playing? Yeah, Will Rogers Auditorium in Fort Worth. Oh. Yeah, tonight's a good concert night. It's it's some DJ named Cruella. I've honestly never heard of this person. The group, I don't know. They're, uh, Guy, girl, not sure. I was uh, I was also planning forthcoming events because uh, the Judas Priest tour is kicking off in the states in uh, in September, and they're playing in Dallas. But there's also a show that I could get to because it, it works with my schedule in Oklahoma. But it's at the zoo. Oh. <laughs> and I- <laughs> Yo, don't hate on the zoo. No. They've put on some good concerts at the Dallas Zoo. It's a little hood over there, I, but-, but no, 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 not the zoo here. The zoo in Oklahoma. Oh, here, yeah, here, don't go to that. Here they're playing a different venue, but uh, in Oklahoma. They're playing the, uh, the and I was like the zoo. This feels like to me when Spinal Tap played the puppet show, like uh, the, the military <laughs> right. base with the puppet show. And then so I investigated it a little bit further because he actually says the amphitheater at the zoo. And I thought, oh well, you know, an amphitheater suggests that they're like ten thousand capacity places. Maybe there just happens to be an amphitheater next to the zoo. And when you look at the listings, yes, they do have bands play, but it's also a venue where they demonstrate the parrots. So if you <laughs> depending on what time I can get to to Oklahoma Zoo, I could have a day of parrots and priest. Oh. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna and bird poop, a lot of bird I'm poop. I'm gonna text Rob Halford and go, can you get me a pass that gets me into the parrots and your show like what how, how, I need both. how far does your triple a access go because if i'm driving to oklahoma i'd quite like to see the parrots uh, uh presentation if, it, if it's one or the other i'm gonna have to go with parrots <laughs> yeah i'll be like oh rob it took me so long to drive down here. I didn't realize the drive was going to be so long. The parrots was great. Can't stay for your show. It's too late. They could probably put one of the parrots in assless chaps. It would be the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yay to shows returning. Yeah. Be, be them at zoos or otherwise. Hopefully I'll have some good stories for you Monday. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Jeremy's told me, by the way, that he's invested in some uh, recording gear. I, yeah. I, I mean, I would just normally record anything embarrassing that happens on my phone. But- the only re- Okay. So the reason I didn't want to do it on my phone is, A, I feel like it kind of legitimizes. Like, if I go up to someone and I'm just like, hey, you want to be interviewed for this podcast and put my phone up to them? Like, you're clout chasing get the fuck out of here you're <laughs> right. just trying to look cool but if i have a recorder now i look professional and also the recorder on the iphone especially when you're out like at a club or a bar and there's music around you know it's it's gonna pick up so much but this one that i got it has a nice little microphone attached to it i already tested it out we got some great audio last week there was one problem i wanted to bring that audio here right but one of the people i was trying to to interview ended up trying to fight me so I didn't get confirmation if I could use their voice or not. All right, so what what we've learned so far is that uh, Jeremy has uh, invested in uh, recording equipment which could either result in humorous segments on this podcast or be used when you're in court. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this last week is definitely going to be used when I'm in court. So I uh, I had a few drinks we'll say a few too many i was definitely uh feeling good that night and we were leaving the bar it was 2 a.m you know they closed us out and we're walking to our designated driver's car which is a little bit down the street and now i you know throughout the night i knew i wanted to use the recorder but i I needed the liquid courage to like go up to people and i was right the moment i started going up to people with this recorder i said do you want to be on the podcast every last one of them said yes 
And so I, you know, I got a few interviews, nothing too great, a bunch of drunk girls screaming and stuff like that. And as we're walking towards the car, I see this group. It's two guys and two girls. And the two girls are sitting on the ground and they're hammered. And they also look like they're maybe 18. Like they definitely were not legally in that bar. So I'm I start- getting very nervous about where this is going. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, so like, to, I start- to, to reflect on Actually, something we, we discussed last week, are we, are we encroaching on Bill Wyman territory? <laughs> Not for me, for the guy that tried to fight me. Oh, so God. I... Uh, I start asking him questions, and at one, you know, at one point, I bring up something about like, "Hey, your girl, who's real drunk and young, looking Looks on the about ground," ten. and he laughs and is like, "Dude, that's my sister." Oh. <laughs> so now, normal person in that situation apologizes, you know, says, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean no disrespect. I had no idea. I'm not a normal person." So you instead, went, fuck me. She's hot. Is she of age? I said, "That's crazy, dude. You fuck your sister." Oh god. And then proceeded to ask him questions about how he has sex with his little sister. Oh, God. Now, he, he didn't mind this. He kind of found the humor in it. His friend was laughing along with it. The girl apparently kind of took offense to this. And she wasn't really listening to me, I thought. She was kind of like drunk doing her own thing. My friend who I'm with is now on, sitting next to her friend trying to hit on her. So I now go to ask the girl a follow-up question and... She is not thrilled with me. She immediately is like, fuck you, you're a mean person. She tries to slap the recorder on my hand, but because she's hammered drunk, I just slightly move it to the right and she misses and almost falls. So now the guy who's her older older brother starts kind of like getting in her face like, yo, you're drunk, calm down. Like, why are you so angry? And she yells back at him, fuck you, you're not defending me, I hate you. Now the moment she says this, testosterone just takes over this guy and he gets into like a not really a fight stance kind of like a overgrown gorilla stance like his back's kind of arched and his arms are puffed out he's like you guys better get out of here and i just laugh i was like dude calm down like we're walking to our car i'm just waiting for my friend he's trying to fuck your girl over there (laughs) and you know so he walks over to my friend and my friend's a kind of short dude and this guy was a little bit bigger but so he kind of manhandles and pushes him but what he doesn't know is my friend's also a college wrestler who could easily have kicked this drunk little dude's ass so we're now laughing in this guy's face and as he's trying to get intimidate us that we're gonna fight him i just keep telling him you realize this just makes you seem like you want to fuck your sister more and he at this point is no longer finding the joke very funny so now he's chasing us down the street i'm laughing the whole time being like this guy wants to fuck his sister he's getting more and more mad now he's followed us all the way to my buddy's car and he now realizes that he's no one's followed him he now has two against one and he very quickly retreated back to his friends because you know he was drunk and wanted to fuck his sister he didn't actually want to fight us can i ask a question at this point do you think that we're ever actually going to get audio from this recording device, or are you just going to use it I, as a prop? I have the recorder. <laughs> I have the recordings. The only thing is, is that no point did I get consent if he actually wanted his voice on this podcast. And there's a lot of me screaming, this guy wants to fuck his sister. Okay. Which he did. That might, might, that might be the title of uh, today's episode then. Excellent. I love that title. Uh, right, yeah, I love I'm, it too. I'm sure. Well, because he wants to fuck his sister. I, uh, I, I, I congratulate you and applaud you on inviting 
investing in your art. Eventually, I'm going to get some good audio. <laughs> right, right. This is like when someone suddenly realizes that they have the ability to draw and they buy a big pad and some paintbrushes, <laughs> right? This is your version of that. This is like my Jackson Pollock style. Like, I'm just throwing paint and hoping something comes and gets me. Okay. Um, now is the point in the Did You America podcast where we make the awkward transition from this guy wants to fuck his sister to dead rock stars. Ah, of course. Now, two dead rock stars who you should be proud to say you did not kill. No, absolutely uh, played no role in the uh, sad demise of uh, these rock stars uh, that happened earlier this week. So uh, Jerry Jordison from Slipknot passed away at uh, 46 and Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. How old was he? He was um, old. 72. Well, I've got to say that um, I was actually more shocked when it was announced that Dusty Hill had passed away than I watched Joey Jordison. And only because, I mean, obviously Joey Jordison was way younger, but um, I, and I don't know. I, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time with Corey from Slipknot, but I don't know the whole ins and outs of them kicking Joey Jordison out of the band right. several years ago. But, you know, it was inferred that Joey Jordison had some drug problems and therefore they got rid of him from the band. The only thing that was ever confirmed about that was Joey Jordison went on record saying that he didn't choose to leave Slipknot. He was he was he was forced to leave. But Looking from the outside in, it seems that, um, you know, in those years between being kicked out of the band and then this week sadly passing away, Joey Jordison seemed to have some issues. I don't know whether they were health issues or they were things that were brought on by um, issues with drugs. But, you know, he had a few bands after Slipknot that weren't anywhere near as good. And Didn't he one time replace Lars and Metallica for a little bit? Yeah, that I was read when, that somewhere. That was, yeah, but that was when he... He was in Slipknot. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. That was the. That's a whole. That's probably a story for another podcast because I don't know if we've if we've done this story about the time that Lars Ulrich missed a, a headline festival performance because he was out of his tree on a private plane coming into uh, England and he made it make an emergency landing because he thought he was having a heart attack. That's, <laughs> I know that's a very big yeah. headline, well, but that's. Say, the- that's- <laughs> Can we not dive into that? Was that not obit worthy? We'll wait no, for his. We'll wait for no his. No one died. No one died. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and, and and Metallica didn't die on stage that night because Joey Jordison saved them. Oh, right? Okay, perfect. Because they didn't have a. They actually did. Um, they ended up doing a download festival uh, show with basically any drummers who they could find at the festival that day. They that, pulled you know, a who and just like reached out to the crowd like, can somebody play drums? Pretty much. And they, um, so there were a bunch of people that filled in, uh, but I guess Jerry Jordison did the majority of the set because he was probably the best drummer that was available and, and you know, knew the Metallica songs. Right. But that was back in the days when he was in Slipknot. And, you, you know, to pay him a proper tribute, I, I did a lot of interviews and stuff with Slipknot um, around the first few albums and um you know it was very evident back then that joey and Corey, the singer were the driving forces in the band the clown was a driving force more so from an artistic point of view right like the pop culture side of it well and also brace yourself i'm about to say something controversial back then I always found that Corey and Joey were very attentive and, you know, there was kind of a shock 
uh, value to Slipknot because of the masks and there was a period of time when no one saw them without the masks but if you did interviews you know for radio and stuff they wouldn't have the masks on and then you got to chat with them afterwards and it was a very you know serious endeavour Slipknot they wanted it to you know become as big as it did I always got the impression from dealing with the clown around that time he was a bit of an idiot <laughs> like yeah. it was it was a bit like I did TV interviews with the clown where for the sake of being on camera he was threatening to beat up the cameraman and I remember one particular day doing this and I was this is in my drinking days I was hung over to hell and I felt like going on camera this is like for MTV too Jesus Christ we could get rid of the clown bring in the two members of the band that actually make a difference because this fucking asshole's getting with a hangover I can't deal with this clown what do you think would happen fight between that clown and the insane clown posse <laughs> at that point throwing bozo you got yourself a threesome at, at that point even though there would be two clowns from the insane clown posse right. I don't think they could have been as much of a clown as he was by himself <laughs> so anyway you know it, it certainly for the and I call it early days for for the, for the first, like, you know, 10 years or whatever it was in, in Slipknot. Yeah, the, the clown did have a sort of artistic view on what was going on. But it was very much, um, it always occurred to me to be a kind of Joey, um, Corey kind of dynamic uh, that was driving the band. But I, you know, after he got kicked out of Slipknot, as I said, he, he did other sort of side projects and they weren't as good. And one of the bands sort of fell apart and, you could see that visually, because he was always this really kind of fit, skinny dude, and he started to get bigger. Like he didn't look as well as he as he did before. And you know, after doing different things, sort of like f- fell off the radar. So I, I, I mean, maybe it was um, me. I'm fairly judging the situation, but I kind of thought, you know. The evidence suggests that Joey Jordison, for whatever reason, it may be drugs, it might be genuine health issues, it might have been a combination of the two, you kind of thought, you know, he might not be doing well. So when it was announced he died, it was very sad, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, I think like people might have seen this coming. With ZZ Top, my take on ZZ Top was, well, they've always been old. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> that, that was going to be kind of my take on you. This is a really sad day for ugly-faced people. You know, we lost two icons in the using something to cover your face community. <laughs> right, yeah. And so no one ever actually knew how old ZZ Top was. Even when you s- tried to announce his uh, his death here at the start of this segment, we were like, I don't know, 70s, 80s, who knows? And I mean, he could be 30. You you do bring up a good point that, you know, I mean, the the, the if the people say politics is uh, show business for ugly people, but no, ugly people can actually do very well in politics. If they, in, in show business, sorry, ugly people can do very well in show business if they figure out a way to cover up their ugliness if i just had a mask i'd be famous by now (laughs) and and the other thing that should be noted with zz top i think is about the um the complete reinvention of zz top around mtv and how unlikely that was for artists that were a really ugly and b at that point for mtv really old i mean i say that zz top always seemed like they were really old now but there's um there's a great documentary called uh, that little old band from Texas that it was made only a few, a few years ago. It's on Netflix, which is the, the story of ZZ Top, you know. And they got to a certain level of um of notoriety by being you know the kind of blues band that they were. And there's a great bit about 
how they always they they came from Texas and even though they moved around they kind of retained that Texas pride and that at one point when they could afford to do bigger shows I get like this was either be like late seventies or very early eighties uh, their biggest tour to date at that point they took livestock on the road with them because they wanted to show off how Texan right. they were like imagine, a lot of Fort Worth stops on that tour imagine you uh you know your manager says hey you know you're five albums in or whatever it is you, you you've sold a decent amount of, uh, of of records now uh pre-ticket purchases are looking pretty strong i think we're in bigger venues we can afford to put on like a bigger show and he's probably expecting them to go okay more lights and pyro and zz top go livestock what about if we just basically take a farm on the road <laughs> like do you not see our beards just give us some animals but you know after doing that the, 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 that documentary little old band from texas goes into details about the uh you know the mtv years and this was what made zz top serious amount of money and 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 you know sometimes quite often bands get criticized for selling out if you sell out in a good way because it's the music business i've always been fully supporting of it and they tell this story i can't remember which member it was but one member is uh, in bed late at night watching TV and he discovers MTV which has only just started people don't really know what it is and he didn't realise that there was this channel that was showing music videos 24 hours a day so he calls one of the other members of the band and wakes him up in the middle of the night and goes we need to get on this and the other member and of the that's ba- how 16 and pregnant was born <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, Because he goes, they're showing videos, but they've only got like five videos. We could be the sixth video if we we make the video. Uh, But, you know, I guess at that time, MTV was just like back-to-back Duran Duran and Billy Idol, right? right? But, But just the... And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying it here, but the thought process of ZZ Top was like, all right, well, we make blues music. We're really ugly people from texas and at this point i guess they would have been like almost 40 which makes them like 20 years too old for for mtv how are we gonna get on it and somehow they went well what about if we just write write a bunch of really good songs that are overly synthesized and we get really hot women and an amazing looking car in the video because i think it was around the time of back to the future and i think someone went back to the future they like like a hot looking car that can time travel why don't we get like like a car that looks like it can time travel and so they do a video that's basically just the car and really hot women and they're sort of in the distance and it becomes like one of the biggest things ever i mean that's genius if you look at basically any rap music video now all it is is cars women and then now they added the uh stacks of money in there also right 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 and the uh and, and if you watch uh i didn't realize until and guns I, and drugs. right until i saw this uh until i saw this documentary on zz top um there's a theme from all of those videos from the Eliminator album, which is where like Legs and Gimme All Your Loving and all that stuff comes from, where they're supposed to be like people that have been sent from out of space to make people's dreams come true or something like there's a guy in the video and he ends up getting one of the women and he gets to keep the car and stuff like that. Billy they- Gibbons bangs an alien? <laughs> I gotta go back and watch this video. No, I think they're sort of presented as as, as like aliens. But my point is, is that... On paper, 
they were going to play no role in the MTV music revolution because they were everything that MTV wasn't when it was one of the biggest things playing music videos. And, um, you know, and they, uh, they managed to like just totally cash in on that. And, you know, and the funny thing is, is that a couple of years later, they made an album called Afterburner that was basically exactly the same as Eliminator because they wanted to try try and uh, repeat the success. And it was nowhere near as successful and you could argue that nothing they did since was, but it didn't matter. They had that one album that was one of the biggest selling albums of all time. They totally cashed in on MTV when MTV was the make or break kind of facet of the music business. And they did it by being really old and hairy. And, and I don't know if anyone else can say that. Definitely not. And they can, you know, they're now legendary. They're going to be known for, I mean, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, everyone knows ZZ Top, whether it's for LaGrange, Legs, Give Me All Your Loving, or just simply the guy with the beers. Yeah, 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 completely. And I tell you one other thing. I was talking to a friend of mine who who managed ZZ Top for a while. So he spent a lot of time, you know, flying around and on tour buses with ZZ Top. And and uh, my buddy Rick said of Dusty Hill, and Rick's worked with a lot of bands over the years. That in all the time he spent with Dusty Hill, he never heard him raise his voice or say anything bad about anyone. And when you work in the entertainment industry, that is full of assholes and more so full of fucking useless people. For someone to have not heard a rock star say something bad about anyone, that is a a tremendous achievement as to the character of that particular rock star. I mean, put it this way. I don't even think that I'm in show business, but I can't walk from my front door to my kitchen table where we record this podcast with Jeremy without saying something like that fucking asshole and immediately slagging someone off. We're actually friends and you make fun of me all the time. (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, Sad news about, um, as Jeremy so succinctly put it, um, two very successful people from the world of rock and roll who managed to make a great career despite being very ugly. New segment. Famous people Camfield didn't kill. (laughs) Well, having said that, I mean, the, you know, there is that theory about the, the all the, uh, you know, celebrities always die in threes. No, don't you do it. I mean, I and I, I feel bad saying this. Oh, the, don't you do it. Wait a minute. Because there was there was another third uh, death this week, which today, uh, even more sadly, has been found out to be a suicide of the guy that was the singer from Metal Church. Oh, whoa. So I, so I, but I... Um, because no one knows who that is. Is that that's not count? That doesn't count. What band? I was just about to say Metal Church. In the let's just say it's very sad when anyone dies. But if you take the the celebrity deaths always come in three. I think they have to be the A-listers like the Dusty Hill and the Joey Jordison. You have to at one point be an A-lister, right? So sad as it is, and you know I'm a big metal fan. That the guy from Metal Church has passed away. He probably... Like, if I was Keith Richards, I'd be very concerned right now that they haven't had the third, right. like, A-lister, <laughs> you know. But you know who I'd be even more concerned oh, for? Oh, no. <laughs> I told you I didn't want to do this segment. Bob Odenkirk has... No. <laughs> Has suffered a heart attack on set of Better Call Saul. You realize what you just did? <laughs> Look, you're you're murdering Bob Odenkirk as we speak. His son says he's he's doing very well, but he is still in hospital. Like if I was Bob Odenkirk, I'd be in hospital, like th- thumbing through the headlines on my phone, like you do when you're trying to recover. And you know, we wish him well. We hope he's okay. 
But I, I would, if I was Bob Odenkirk, I'd be thinking like, oh my God, Dusty Hill and Jerry Jordison from Slipknot, please don't let me be the third. <laughs> I mean, and I would also be, if I was Bob, I mean, Bob Odenkirk, he might not have said it out loud because it's very unkind to say it out loud like you just did, Jeremy. But Bob Odenkirk's probably thinking, Metal Church doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> They definitely don't. One well, other thing I'd like to add about Bob Odenkirk is that has anyone else considered that he obviously, because it was heart issues that he had and he got rushed to hospital and has been there for several days. So although it seems like he's on the mend and we hope he, he is, seems like it was pretty serious. Has anyone else brought up the fact that Bob Odenkirk only started having heart issues since he got supremely fit to make that nobody <laughs> movie? Yeah, I mean, not only that, like... Does this mean we're going to get a delay of Better Call Saul? Like, it happened while he was filming, I'm pretty sure. When's he going to get back to work? Right. Hopefully soon, unless, you know, this is the first time I'm ever going to... I never thought I would say Bob Odenkirk. Please do not listen to this podcast. It is hosted by a celebrity murderer. (laughs) I've got my fingers crossed. I love Better Call Saul. Yeah, but you're the one that brought up. We know your history. I just, you were the one that said Metal Church doesn't count. <laughs> All right. Like, we got <laughs> We have to make sure a Metal Church song goes top 10 at least in the next, like, 30 minutes. Can I make a suggestion? You work for the classic hit station in Dallas. You need to yeah. go back to the studio today and start playing Metal Church on the hour, every hour. And when the boss of that radio station goes fucking ballistic about why the classic hit station is suddenly playing Metal Church, you need to go, fuck off, dude. I'm saving Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I already told you, the day I quit that job, you will hear nothing but Enya being played on that station. <laughs> All right. Uh, Song of the Week update coming. Uh, some Olympics talk. Uh, some pineapple talk. Uh, maybe some Iron Maiden talk. Great. <laughs> no, it's a good Iron Maiden story. Okay, got, awesome. It's a story about fake Iron Maiden. And Jeremy, I think you're going to prefer fake Iron Maiden to the real thing. Uh, we'll get to that in part two of Did You America? Okay, let's do part two of Did You America? Quick song of the week update. Uh, this week, we have three choices for you as usual. You can vote via the website, didyouamerica.com, or there is a poll currently active on my Twitter, where I am at Ian Camfield. Uh, my choice this week, new song by the Welsh band Manic Street Preachers called The Secret He Had Missed. I went with Childish Gambino's cover of the Britney Howard song, Stay High. And uh, New York producer going with Downtown by by Jake Bug. So the secret he had missed by Manic Street Preachers, Stay High by Childish Gambino, or Downtown by Jake Bug. They are your choices, and you can vote for Song of the Week at didyouamerica.com, or if you would prefer, uh, go to the poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, those platforms are also where you can talk to the show if you want to send us a message via your hands or send us a message via your voice. Uh, you can do that on the website or just talk to us on social media. Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on Instagram. All right. Um, I feel like we're a bit uh, late to the party with this story, but I guess it's uh, still got talkability because everyone else has had their say. Simone Biles. Cancelled. <laughs> um, so she's officially now no longer taking part in the Olympics, although gymnastic team still did well without her, right? Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, even though she is absolutely the GOAT, even though apparently that's putting too much pressure on her, the rest of U.S. 
women's gymnastics is still pretty damn good. Now, um, I have to... So I wanted to get an update just in case the, there'd been anything more from uh, Simone Biles. Uh, so I, I just, as we're recording this, did a Google search. And the first thing that comes up under Simone Biles now is Michael Che under fire after sharing shocking joke about Simone Biles. It's shocking to say the least. Well, I mean, I, so I thought... What's is Michael Che just gone? Fuck you, Piers Morgan. I can do better. <laughs> like, he wants to take over that slot when Piers inevitably gets fired for all these terrible takes. So, um, yeah, it seems like yeah, Piers Morgan is definitely. I, I, yeah, here's the thing with Piers Morgan, right? I felt like a few months ago, um, he when he was still on TV in the UK and would make various appearances uh, here in the states. Um, he he seems to have a great way of always making himself the center of the news story. So whatever the news story was relating to, I was getting the impression that he didn't necessarily come out with what he genuinely believed. He came out with the take that was going to get him the most amount of attention. Right, and, he's and, a headline chaser. Yeah, and it seemed like for a long time he'd figured out a very clever balancing act between... Uh, getting all of the attention, but also keeping the big money TV deal. And since he got fired from the the TV deal, he now seems to have decided, all right, well, I ain't getting employed for a while. So I'll just become like the anti-mental health person. And anytime (laughs) anyone of note says something about having to take a break because of mental health, I'll go, you lazy bastard. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say I go that far with it, but I, I have to say I'm... I'm kind of getting tired of the mental health excuse as well. Now, I I should preface all this by saying I do not mean this for Simone Biles. Simone Biles is one of the greatest American Olympians ever. She's possibly the greatest gymnast to ever step foot on this earth. Mm. She is absolutely incredible. And what she is going through is very real. I mean, like, if you look at what's going on in Tokyo right now, it's not just the pressure of being an athlete being called the best to ever do it at i think she's 24 yeah 24. that's crazy and you also have to remember you know she doesn't have her friends there she doesn't have her family there they're basically alone just with her teammates so there's a lot going on there and but they can't even fuck because they've got those cardboard beds exactly here's here's the issue they it's turning almost like the boy who cried wolf right right when every single person is immediately using mental health as their excuse to, you know, defer stuff away from them, eventually people are going to start saying, well, you know, it's just mental health. It's just mental health. And they're just going to ignore the actual issue at hand. Now, again, I don't mean this for Simone Biles. Simone Biles posted a video, uh, I think today or yesterday, showing what she's going through in her training. And they're calling it something called the twisties that happens in uh, gymnastics quite a bit, apparently. It's, uh, it's basically where you get lost while twisting around in midair and right. it's very dangerous in the video she was you know on a training mat but she fell flat on her back and you know if that's if that's in a hard competition floor she has a broken back that's yeah, a guarantee yeah, yeah. so it's like in in baseball there's something called the yips and no one can explain it it's completely psychological but you know there was there's there's many examples of it, but there used to be the second baseman who played for the Yankees named Chuck Knobloch, and he was a Gold Glove winner. He was a great fielding second baseman. He's got a great name as well, Knobloch. Yeah, great name. When uh, when he was with the Yankees, one year all of a sudden 
he forgot how to throw to first base. Mm. He would take the ball and it would sail into the crowds completely away from the first baseman. And no one can explain why it happens, why it happens all of a sudden, but it's something that happens to athletes and it's it's happening to Simone Biles. And in Simone Biles' case, if you have that disconnect between mind and body, as you said, it, doing the gymnastics to the standard that she has to, she could paralyze herself, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. Like the guy who can't throw anymore, someone's going to catch the baseball and probably take it home and be kind of happy about that if they're not supporting his team but he's not going to paralyze himself by suddenly having lost the ability to throw so that kind of psychological issue I think plays uh, you know um, her issues are real but not everyone's yeah and I also think you know some of the response I saw to to Piers Morgan now standard wow this is what a lazy bitch (laughs) I mean he didn't quite use those words but that was kind of what what he was direct quote (laughs) it was like what he was uh, what he was inferring um some of the responses and i think this is a, a very valid point is that you know some people were saying for people who have mental health issues and end up committing suicide right. the response to that action from people is always oh that person who who died you know i wish i knew what was going on with them i wish they'd have spoken up i wish they'd have spoken to me i wish they'd have spoken to their friends whatever it is and yet simone biles is speaking up and saying that she needs to take some time off to take care of herself and then she gets you know attacked by piers morgan yeah. for, for doing that but, but what i would say and then there you know there's this also this sort of school of thought of like well uh, things have changed because this stuff you never would have heard previously of uh, of, of of athletes saying I need some time off for for mental health. So people are going, well, you know, it's happened now because we've all got soft. It could also be happening now because people are more encouraged to to, to speak about those circumstances. So it's two sides of the coin because on one hand. Like you said, there there can be an element of the boy who cried wolf. And so the mental health situation can, be, can become an excuse for, let's just call it for what it is, lazy people, lazy people right. who can't be bothered to go to work or do their job or they're having a bad day and they just can't get it together. So they claim mental health. But it can also be of a great benefit to people that genuinely do have mental health problems and also in the long run save some lives. And I would say, although that's two sides of the same coin, the lazy bastards that are using mental health as an excuse sooner or later will be found out for being lazy bastards. Yeah. The people whose lives can genuinely be saved because they're speaking up and they're speaking out about it, those lives are lives that you're genuinely saving. I like that you brought up the suicide point because you know I think one thing that people fail to realize is you know there's a range of what people are talking about when they say they're dealing with depression or anxiety or general mental health issues so everyone immediately jumps to suicide the worst case scenario but realistically what most people need to realize is the anxiety they're feeling Mm. the depression they're dealing with is something that people every day deal with not just them it's not anything that they're different for It's something that everyone deals with. So, again, I'm not directing this at Simone Biles, but I would say, you know, uh, there's a lot of other factors that, you know, if 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 you're feeling upset, are you going to feel that way tomorrow? How long have you been feeling this way? Mm -hmm. You know, to to just jump out and say, hey, I, I stepped out because I'm having mental health reasons, you know. When you are this big of a star, you know, the people deserve to know what 
what you're exactly going through. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, and also, you know, the the people that are quick to judge, no one knows what's going on in someone's head. And like right. I said, I, I can totally see mental health being an excuse for some people, who, you know, not Simone Biles, but other people in everyday life who just don't feel like going to work today and putting in the effort. But you don't know for a fact that, person a is in that situation right. because you don't know you know what is is in their head so again the trade-off for maybe letting a few people get away with being lazy versus helping people out who genuinely have mental health issues because we talk about these things more now surely that's got to be mean that we're in a, a, a more positive space it's space because like i said the lazy bastard eventually is going to be found out for being a lazy <laughs> right. bastard it's just scary because everyone you know in the end it's one of those things that we don't have a black and white answer yes. for and everyone wants that so you know, as much as you would like to say, all right, we're talking about this topic. Give your opinion. It better be yeah, exact. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those situations where it's like, you know, I don't know what's right or wrong. It made me feel weird when she first made the announcement. But as more news has come out, I kind of understand where she's at. Do we think um, it affects her standing as a sports person? Because I think also there's an argument. And again, I'm with you. I don't. I'm just raising these points as they occur to me. I'm not saying one is more correct than the other. But the idea of uh, you support anyone for going, you know, I'm not feeling mentally good about this. I need to take some time or I can't do this today or, or whatever it is, is one thing for being supportive of mental health. But there is also an argument, and this is a specifically a sports thing, whereby if you compete in sports, part of that is that you have to be able to perform on the day. And if you can't perform on the day, then you're not as good a sports person as as previously thought of. Right. Because that, right, that right. you know, whether whether you're Simone Biles doing the gymnastics or if you're, I mean, put it this way: if uh, you know, if um, if in the most recent Super Bowl, Tom Brady started off had a really bad first quarter and said, "Right, that's it." mental health I can't play the rest of the game for the Buccaneers right right that would be, you know how, how, how does it how, affect the legacy yeah how does it affect the legacy because I don't think I I, I support anyone who's got the, the mental health issues and I, as I said I think we have to give people the benefit of the doubt for the people's lives that it could improve and or save but in a sports situation that is part of that is you train and you know for the case of the, of the Olympics comes around every four years, every five years in this case, you train to be the best on the day, whatever your sporting event Absolutely. is, you know? I, I think that's actually a really interesting question. Now, okay, day of, weeks following this decision, and maybe even up to the next Olympics, yes. In a way, you could argue that it does affect her legacy because, you know, she. It, we've only seen her in now in one Olympics. Right, right. This was supposed to be her second. This was a real big stage for her to take that next level, stamp her standing in the history of the Olympiad. Right. And, you know, we didn't get that. And the truth is, in 2024, she'll be 28. And there's not many 28-year-old gymnast, gymnastic athletes. Yeah. So, in that sense, yes, it could affect her standing. But in, she's the GOAT. She's always going to have this position. People are always going to remember the crazy... She has, like, multiple tricks that are named after her. Mm. I point you to, I believe it was 2008, the Boston Celtics beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals. And they had a guy on their team who was a real locker room guy, but wasn't a big uh, 
on-court performer. Did he also have a great name? Brian Scalabrini. Oh, yeah. Incredible name. They call him the Red Mamba. What was the name of the other guy we just discussed? Oh, I already forgot. <laughs> I don't even remember what I know it was a great name but I can't remember Jeremy, who we were Jeremy try and keep up with your own points the guy who lost the ability to throw oh Chuck Knobloch Scalabrini and Knobloch great names oh they should go out as a singing duo like if the two of them lost <laughs> like the ability the if, the, if the two of them lost the ability to play sports I'd go see an acoustic show <laughs> absolutely so Brian Scalabrini he's actually now like a really good like personality in the sports world but anyway so he was being interviewed after his team won the nba finals and a stupid reporter asked him some dumb question like how does it feel knowing you only averaged five minutes per game in the series like do you feel like you're less of a part of the team or some dumb something dumb like that like trying to make it like this isn't as worthy for you because you didn't play and scalabrini gave the best answer of all time he was like yeah you know today i played five minutes in 10 years, I was a starter on the team. In 20 years, I was the best freaking player on the team. In 30 years, I'm going to be telling my grandkids I was the best NBA player to ever live because they're going to forget about what happened in the end and they're going to remember the legacy that was or right. that you create. Simone's le- Simone Biles' legacy is fine. In the day of, sure, people are down on her. But in 5 years, in 10 years, in 15 years, you're not going to remember this moment. You're going to remember the greatness that she did bring. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, should I do the Michael Che joke? Yeah, go for it. It's not our, we're not, we're quoting here. It also does give me a segue into the next topic that I want to throw in there as well. So today, it's, uh, what's the Thursday, July 30th, That's we're recording it. this on. Just Friday. to, just to give you some, uh, sense of the, so, uh, Che's like, nah. She pulled out on Monday. Enough time between Monday and Friday for me to tweet, <laughs> right, tweet right, out this soon. joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Friday today, Michael Che tweets out that um, uh, Larry Nassar understands Simone Biles better than anyone because he, too, had to quit doing what he loved at the pinnacle of his career because of mounting pressure. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I... I, I I, I, you the know, one way you piss off any gymnast is by evoking the name Larry Nasser. Yeah, that and um, as I said, the uh, the timing of it, and uh, obviously, uh, I feel like Michael Chase totally rolling the dice here. With of course, this is going to get me so much attention, but will it actually pay off in the long run? And I've got two scores of thought here. Um, he's even thinking, well, they can't hate me as much as they hate Piers Morgan, or well, it's not as bad as the baby <laughs> right he was like oh great the baby said something really homophobic i'm gonna slip in under here and say something really sexually inappropriate and no one will notice when you uh, when you go to the, the stories about uh, michael che um tweeting that each story whether you're looking at it on like google or yahoo or, or, or whatever they all come with a picture of michael che who's standing in some picture or other with um Who's the guy from Saturday Night Live? Uh, Colin Jost. Colin Jost. Right. You imagine like Colin Jost is like, oh, Jesus Christ. Not again. Like, it's like, <laughs> I tried I'm marrying tr- Scarlett yeah, Johansson exactly. to cover up for this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to have a nice life with Scarlett Johansson. Stop sending out pedophile coach jokes. She's suing Disney. You're sending out rape jokes. What am I to do? 
Yeah, I feel kind of sorry for Colin Jost in that. <laughs> He's uh, having a tough week. He's like, you're making me look like Gary Glitter's Glitter Band. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Roll Part 3. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, the other uh, controversial story of the week, uh, Baby is performing at some festival. It was in Miami, right? And, yes. Uh, and, yeah, he, uh, during a song or between two songs, seemingly from out of nowhere, because the first thing that I thought when I read this was, well, how does this fit in with the rest of the show? <laughs> like, like, it, t- like, normally if someone says something inappropriate, it's they're provoked, or if it was a show, it would be in connection to a previous song or the next song. But I don't see anywhere during his performance there would have been something that made him say and I'm quoting if you didn't show up today with HIV AIDS any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that make you die in two or three weeks then put your cell phone light in the air I mean (laughs) right before I'm like googling syphilis has anyone ever died All right, I got it phone up (laughs) because normally you put your light in the air when they go into a ballad I wasn't aware that like you know, there was one person with AIDS in the crowd who just like slowly put his phone down. <laughs> then he adds uh, that it's for uh, any guys who didn't. Put, uh, this is the cleaned up version I'm reading here. Didn't perform oral sex on another man in the parking lot. They should also put their phones in the air. So basically, what he's saying there, I think, is he's not completely discriminatory against gays. You can be gay as long as you haven't got AIDS and or have performed oral sex in a parking lot. Then you can put your phone in the air. Well, if there's anything I've learned in my years from finding the people who are the most homophobic, I would have to guess that the <laughs> baby just got AIDS from sucking a dick. It is a bit like I, I was of the school of thought of he's being, first of all, first of all, my first thought to it, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead here, was if you're Kid Rock, you're thinking, <laughs> see, I'm not so bad. Kid, Kid Rock's Kid, Kid Rock's because TMZ. Like, I found a new opening act. <laughs> I do like black people. <laughs> it's what Kid Rock's thinking. Do you guys wear a ball with a ball? It kind of had a rap flow to it. <laughs> His Kid Rock's like, hey, the dwarf who was in Barwoodabar, Bar, he's dead now. I'm going to take out the baby. Is he called the baby because he's a midget? Because if, he, if he's little and black, all the better. So the baby is also, I'm pretty sure, performing at Lollapalooza tomorrow. That's about to be so awkward for I him. I, I do wonder, because uh, I read that he was on the bill for some event in Manchester in the UK, like in a week's time. And he's been cancelled from that. They're claiming it's because of COVID travel restrictions, but it seems a bit suspect that they would have just done that now. Yeah, it's to get to the doctor. But seriously, like there was some controversy about Kid Rock using the uh, you know the gay f word in some bar, um, and uh, and again, I like Kid Rock probably shouldn't be throwing that uh, gay f word around. And I'm not defending him, but it was like he wasn't using it with malicious intent. It was like for here's the, 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 the I feel like I'm on dodgy territory here. I'm almost defending Kid Rock, but the 
it seemed to me like it hadn't been explained to Kid Rock that like if you want to have a go at people for using their cell phones to film your gig, then calling them like the gay F word, that's not five years ago you could have got away with that now, but now it seemed as too much of a as a derogatory term. Yeah, Carl McCain. <laughs> that would have been better, right? <laughs> but 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 in Kid Rock's case, it's like I don't feel like he was uh, using it with kind of malicious intent. He shouldn't have been using it. And it, it was like he hadn't been updated on what you are and you aren't allowed to say. Going back to what the baby said. Oh, the baby. How, how do you live in a world where you're not aware that doing this like anti-AIDS sucking guys off in the parking lot <laughs> rant in the middle of your show is not acceptable at all? I, You know what I don't understand? So I'm not the biggest the baby. I know he's really popular right now and there's a lot like even a quest love from the roots who I absolutely love he recently put out a thing where he was like oh if I was to redo the summer of soul concert what would my dream lineup be he put the baby on there right and then of course once this came out he crossed the baby off that <laughs> list but you know so the only thing I really know of him is a lot from this story and like seeing him at award shows but in all the stories there's a picture of him holding up a sign that says AIDS. So I, I, I think it's from like one of his recent music oh, videos. No, that, no that, so, so he's kind of like doubled and tripled down on this. So after he did the show, that became a TMZ story. Right. Because he said, if you ain't got AIDS, put your phone in the air. Woo. Uh, here's a ballad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, then he did a video that he posted just him talking, defending himself, saying that his comments were taken out of context. But going back to my original point on this, there was no point at which they could have been in context with anything <laughs> like that, right? Doesn't correspond to like it just it kinda comes from out of nowhere. And then he puts out a new actual video for one of his songs and he's just holding up a sign that says Ace. You know the other thing I thought about by the way, the other person who's going, really, am I that bad? Morgan Waller. Right? <laughs> I know it's a, I know it's a different thing, but he's, he's like, hey, new audience. <laughs> Morgan Waller and Kid Rock are like going we should team up now and do a song called we ain't that bad hey See? if, if Lollapalooza doesn't work out to baby you can come to Kid, Yard, Kid Rock's backyard so my other my other conclusion from the baby story is uh, first of all as I said the idea that he seems to have no context on modern day reality that it would be very unacceptable to go on that rant, uh, 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 you know, to a festival audience. And then secondly, the follow-up video. Thirdly, the music video. This just seems to be getting... It's like it's, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I thought to myself, where's... Uh, is there no one in his entourage, like management, record label, or anything that's got any kind of control? Because normally in these situations, we've got an artist that's spiraling out of control and it's just getting worse. Someone from the entourage would sort of get involved and go, stop this, we need to do that, damage limitation. And then I thought... But he's called the baby. The fact that no one told him that was the most ridiculous name to start with suggests that there's literally no one in his world that goes, that's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, the whole anti-HIV, like, gay person rant, bad idea. But let's rewind. You're called the baby. What kind of a name is it, that? In his next statement, he should totally be like, guys, I've grown up now. I am now the preteen. <laughs> like, did we... 
I'm of the school of thought that there there became in the hip hop world too many lils, right? <laughs> right. And, and uh, so yeah, rappers like come up with a new moniker that doesn't start L I L. And even when. Do you remember when Lil Bow Wow just became Bow Wow because right. he weren't Lil anymore? And even he grew up. even Bow Wow giving up the Lil, it like there were still too many. Even though we lost one, it didn't mean we it meant we needed to gain one. Do you think the baby was like, I'm gonna come up with like different varieties of Lil? And he went, Oh, we got too many, I'll just be the baby. I'll be duh. He was gonna be Lil Baby, now he's the baby. He's like, well, no, but we've had too many little people, now we're into babies. If I was Bow Wow, I would have dropped the bow. Lil Wow. Yeah. Also, if we there should be one conclusion from all this. We now know now that the baby has come out anti male on male blowjobs, we know he will never have a rest stop named after him. <laughs> no, John Bon Jovi's getting there. Right. John Bon Jovi's <laughs> like, I am so down with gay cruising. Now, now we know why Bruce Springsteen was like, I want nothing to do with that. Give it to George Michael. <laughs> I do agree though with your point that uh when I when I was reading it. It, it kind of came across as it seemed so bizarre and so extreme that it was a bit like, and I'm not saying the baby is, but it was a bit like those crazy people that are so anti-gay, they promote all the gay conversion therapy and, <laughs> right. and, and they do that and, and they're, they're, their homophobia is so extreme and then at some point suddenly they get caught sucking off a guy in a parking yeah. lot, right? Oh, it's no, that's like- exactly what's going on here. The baby totally pulled, I'm not gay, you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I think we did a very good job of handling some quite controversial subjects in a very adult manner. We adulted today, Jeremy Hoffman. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't tell you. We got cancelled like 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. The, the, everything I just said isn't going to ever be... Yeah, no, no. None of this is airing. <laughs> um, if you want to vote for uh, Song of the Week or you want to talk to us, digiumerica.com. Uh, you can also go to Camfield Off The Radio if you want to talk to us on Instagram or the Song of the Week poll or just to communicate with us, you can do on Twitter. Uh, Ian Camfield is where to go to on Twitter. So Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield Off The Radio on Instagram, digiumerica.com is the website. You can also buy T-shirts from the website. How lovely are they, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. And we didn't even get around to the Iron Maiden news. Monday for that. There's a I can't wait. 